You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please. Turn to the book of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Should have turned off my microphone. That's uh, the Gospel according to Matthew. Let me try and move on so I don't get embarrassed. Uh, All the young kids, you can go uh, to your class if you'd like at this time in Matthew chapter 6. Very quickly, uh, I was excited. A pastor texted me saying, are you available to preach on Sunday? I said, what an honor, what a privilege. Yes, I'd love to. And about two hours later, um, I was was in Menards. I was on a ladder um, doing some work, installing uh, a different display. And I stepped off of the ladder, and I stepped onto a drill, and my ankle said no, and bent uh, the wrong way, and I come tumbling to the ground, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm okay, and then I step on my right foot, and my right foot said no. (laughs) So uh, I'll be limping around a little bit, uh, if you see me moving, limping around a little bit, but... uh, uh, I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to preach God's Word, and uh, I'm excited to do that. So uh, I want to be talking to you this morning about seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 26. Go to Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they not sow, neither do they reap, nor they gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not so much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic to your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need. Your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. Verse 33, our main verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that were just mentioned shall be added unto you. Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient is to the day and the evil thereof. Um, I want to I open up in a word of prayer. I, I just don't want to be <coughs> distracted. I wasn't coughing all morning, and probably in the last 10 minutes I just started coughing. Uh, so that's wonderful. And, 
And then uh, I, I don't want to be distracting myself with my foot. Uh, so uh, I just, I need to settle down a little bit. So I want to pray together uh, very quickly, and then uh, we'll uh, begin our sermon. So God, I, I pray this now. I admit to you that I am uh, <coughs> a little distracted. Would you help me, Lord, be here in this moment, and God, uh, worshiping you. And God, again, I, I pray this before I preach. But Lord, would you help me step aside and so that it is not me who's the one that's speaking or preaching, but Lord, it is you. And it is the reflection of your son through me. And God, um, uh, it is not by my might that I'm standing here, um, for I, I am nothing uh, without you, Lord. So would you help me during this time? And God, bless your people. Thank you for those who are here today, uh, ready and willing to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this sermon, actually, uh, you can all get ready to rejoice and say amen really loud. Uh, it's not a very long sermon. It's a very simple sermon. Two points. Oh, I'm waiting for somebody to be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to beat other people to the lunch line, you know, <laughs> yes. But uh, <coughs> so uh, I'll, I'll just start, start right away with uh, number one, giving up control. Giving up control. When you read the verses that we were in, Jesus says, now, look at, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds. They don't, they don't gather their food into barns, and yet your heavenly Father, Father feeds them. And, and look at the grass. The grass grows. We cut it, and then we put it into the oven, and aren't you so much better than grass? And now, and now look at me. Look, look at Jesus. You say, I can, I can meet your need. I can meet your needs. I can help you. So giving up control. I have a few uh, funny uh, illustrations uh, that <coughs> when I thought about this giving up control. Uh, we do not like it when we are out of control. Or, or what I mean is we are not the ones in control. Oftentimes... Um, Abby and I rarely, rarely argue, rarely. But if we do, it might be because I'm driving and she doesn't like the way I drive. But the problem is, the problem is, she's not the one in control. I feel safe. I feel safe. I feel fine. I don't feel like I'm overdoing it. I don't feel like I'm taking a corner too fast or whatever. Uh, but Abby does. And I'm like, her and I just don't, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I, I, we feel fine. Uh, it's because she's not the one. She's not the one with her foot on the brake. She's not the one holding the steering wheel. Okay? So uh, so this goes to uh, my sister, Alicia. If you want to talk about bad drivers. Uh, so this goes to um, when, we were, uh, when we were young, we, took, uh, we would go to my uncle's house on Lake Herman in Madison, South Dakota. Madison, South Dakota. Uh, go to my uncle's house. My uncle lived on a lake house. That was his 365 home was a lake house. And uh, we would take the boat out, and, and uh, we were out on the boat, and it was my family plus my uncle, and my uncle was driving the boat, having a great time. The sun was setting. Just imagine just a beautiful day outside. Uh, you're on the lake. The sun is setting. You're just, having, you're just having a great time and kind of reflecting like, God, you are a great God. God, you created this lake. You created these trees. You created this boat. I just want to thank you for a moment. And Russell, my, my uncle, turned around and said, Alicia, do you want to drive the boat? 
and my feelings of peace were gone. And uh, I was like, this is the end. Where are the, li- the life jackets? <laughs> I'm done. You know, my life is over, and I only live to 10 years old. Uh, but man, was I afraid. So uh, Alicia sat on my uncle's lap, and she was, she, and my uncle said, all right, you move this thing, you move it forward, you move it back, that's how you go. Here's the steering wheel, you don't, you know, you don't crank it, but you be kind of like this, and you'll move, and you'll steer. Here we go. And, I, and I'm in the back of the boat, and my mom is holding me because I'm crying, and I'm like, yeah, well, this is the end, my life is over, like I was really afraid. And I did not like who was in control. I, I, I didn't have any control, and I didn't, <coughs> didn't have any trust in the person that was in control. Secondly, the, the, the next one, very quickly, uh, again, uh, then later on, Alicia got, Alicia's my sister, Alicia got a, a driver's license, and now uh, we're not on a lake with the comfort of my uncle. Uh, now we're on the open road <coughs> against other drivers and things like that. So uh, one of the best stories ever was... Um, you know the, uh, the on-ramp when you're changing from one interstate to the other, and it looks like a big, like, half circle? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, picture that. We were there, and uh, so the sign, let me remind you, the sign says 50 miles per hour, but on the bottom, it says recommended. <laughs> it says 50 miles an hour, but on the bottom, it says recommended. So we were taking that at 70, and <laughs> we were on that corner, and mom and dad is like, Alicia, slow down, and my face was, you know, up against the glass, and we were all playing marshmallow, if you know what that game is, Uh, we were playing marshmallow in the car, taking that turn at 70, and Alicia says, well, mom, it's only recommended, and so that was, that was kind of the joke, it's like, mom, it's only recommended, like, it's, it's not even the real speed limit, speed limit's 65, I'm going 70, and, (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> so again, uh, we do not like giving up control. Uh, I wasn't in control of the car, very afraid. Wasn't in control of the boat, very afraid. Here in this p- portion of the Sermon on the Mount, we're on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching. And you know what? If, if I could summarize or kind of bring into what God has been speaking to me about, Jesus is talking about giving up some control. He's talking about letting go a little bit. If I can feed the birds, if I can feed the grass, don't you think I can take care of you? So let's, uh, with that context, let's just uh, very quickly read this again. Verse uh, 26. Behold, look at the fowls of the air. Verse 26. Behold, the fowls of the air. They don't sow, so they don't plant, neither do they reap. They They don't take up, they don't harvest. And they don't gather into barns. They don't store their food. But yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not so much better than birds? Look, then verse 27. How many of you, taking a thought, can add, can add one cubic unto your stature? Now, very quickly, by, by raising of hand, how many of you wish that you could be a little bit taller? <laughs> you wish, just be honest with me, you wish you could be a little bit taller. God says in this verse, I am the one that created you. I am the one that made you and gave you life. How many of you, just by thinking, can add to your height? Well, we can't. I I can't get any taller. 
But God says, look, I'm the one that created you. If I can feed the birds, how much better are you than birds? And if I'm the one that created you, don't you think I can take care of you? Don't you think, verse 27, no, verse 28, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. So they don't, they don't work. They, they don't uh, have a job. They don't have a nine to five. They toil not. They don't spin. Verse 29, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Even Solomon, probably the, the richest person known to man, is not arrayed like one of these lilies that God takes care of. Verse 30, wherefore, if God so clothed, God clothes the grass of the field, he makes the grass to grow, which today is, and tomorrow we're going to cut the grass, place it into the oven. Shall he not more clothe you, O ye of little faith? That's, I mean, that's, that, ending, that ending sentence is, is, uh, is a hard one for me, O ye of little faith. It's like, oh, you got me again, Lord. Is it, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm talking about. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults or 20% of the United States population. Daily stress... And worry plague 60% of American adults, according to a new nationwide Gallup poll conducted, conducted in March of 2020. Now, we can laugh at that for a moment. <laughs> Daily stress and worry plague 60% of Americans. Oh, when, when did we have daily stress and worry? March of 2020. <laughs> Anybody remember March of 2020? <laughs> Something about COVID? Anyway, the C word. <laughs> The bad word that we don't use anymore. But this is a nationwide or a worldwide epidemic. Anxiety, stress, the thought of not having control. I'm not in control. I'm afraid. Fear. Fear is gripping people. How many of us can control tomorrow? I can't. I mean, I I have plans tomorrow. I have work at a certain time. I, I'm going to be here at a certain time. But I have no control over the things that happen tomorrow. But we all agree that we can't control tomorrow, but we can try to live our most comfortable lives as possible. I think Americans are very good at that. Living the most comfortable lives as possible. And we believe this lie to ourselves, and we tell ourselves that we are in control of things. That we're good. And God is good on Sundays, God is good on Wednesdays, but for the rest of the week, I've got it. I've got it. I'm, I, I feel comfortable and I'm okay. But we all know that our lives can be absolutely turned upside down by one phone call, by one diagnosis, by one accident, and by one mistake. And suddenly, we realize just how far from control that we really are. And <laughs> Excuse me, and we tell God, okay, this is more than I can handle. More than I can do on my own. You know, uh, very quickly, just to illustrate this, in 2008, I was attending a men's retreat. We were in Nebraska, attending a men's retreat, and 
And man, it, it is a good time to get alone and get away uh, with men. I was with my dad. Get alone and get away and just be, with, be in our Bibles. Our, our phones didn't work in the area that we were because we were in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. It was like South Omaha, like way South Omaha. <laughs> but uh, I guess that doesn't, that's still pretty vague. Anyway, anyway, but we were, we were out in the middle of nowhere alone with God and having a great time of revival. Dad comes to me and said, Ryan, you need to pack your bags. We're leaving. I said, okay. My dad doesn't mess around, and my dad tells it straight. Okay. We pack our bags, and dad tells me that my grandma Tilly passed away uh, in Sioux Falls. My grandma passed away, and we need to leave, and we need to leave now. And boy, with that feeling of, uh, of revival and of being alone with God and just kind of a spiritual mountaintop was flipped upside down in one sentence. And man, that started a road, uh, a long road that, that my family went down and myself. Uh, that was probably the single most darkest time of my life uh, where I did not laugh or smile for months. I was just, I was just not happy. And uh, just a lot of struggle was going on. And so I believe in these verses God is telling us to give up some control and put faith in him that he's got it covered. And you know what we hate doing? Can we admit, let's admit together as one church, we hate giving up control. We hate that. You know, uh, we hate giving up control. But, but once again, once again, if, if we need to remind ourselves, behold, the fowls of the air they sow not, neither do they reap, nor do they gather in barns. But your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much better as birds? And, and again, every time I come to, to Matthew 6 and, and this portion of the Sermon of the Mount, God always reminds me, are you not better than grass? Are you not better than birds? Excuse me, I can take care of you. Don't, don't you believe that? And so I, I, hope, I, I hope you didn't see the statistics on anxiety and stress going off into a rabbit trail. What I'm connecting is we have never been, it feels like we've never been more anxious, never been more stressed ever. And it, maybe it's time that we be reminded this morning that God's got it. That what, what is the stress about? That God's got it. And it's, it's difficult to me to preach a sermon and say, all right, don't stress again. Say, okay, okay Ryan, I won't. <laughs> Thumbs up, you know. Or if somebody says, Ryan, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. I don't know what to do. And I say, well, stop being depressed. And they say, oh, okay. Stop being worried. Okay. Stop being anxious. Oh, okay. I never thought about that. <laughs> Just sometimes where my mind goes. But the solution to this is, again, in this verse. Uh, let me get back to my, my notes. We are the best dreamers and the best makers of our own destiny. And we are fed through our culture that we can control our own destiny. We can control our future. But going against our nature, God tells us to give up some control. So what do we do in these situations? And what do we do when we feel out of control? 
when we get that phone call, when we get that diagnosis, when, you know, when we are like, wow, my world just turned upside down in a sentence, and I don't know what to do. Matthew 6.33, look, we're there in your Bible, there in your Bible, Matthew 6.33, the Bible says, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that were already mentioned will be added unto you. Number two, giving God control. So number one, it's difficult to give up control. Boy, do we want to be in control of things. Number two, it's a very simple sermon. It's the point of giving God the control. It's the point of remembering. I think also what God is saying is saying, like, can I not so help you? I think we need to remember who God is. Again, when, when I'm worried, when I'm stressed, uh, I can go to God and say, help me. But, but you know what makes me feel better sometimes is remembering, wait, wait, <laughs> he is my creator. He knows, he knows everything about me. He, he, you know what? He knows my future. He knows my past. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and in all places. I'm not. I think he's got it, you know, and it, and it helps me, helps me let go a little bit. It helps me let go. Seeking first the kingdom of God gets our eyes off of the temporal and what is around us. You know, this reminds me of Peter walking on the water. Let me illustrate this for a moment. So the, the disciples, I want to remind you and, and all, all of the kids, I want you to remember this Bible story. The disciples are out on a boat, and they're rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing, and they're not going anywhere because there's a storm happening. And they're rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing, and it's like a tire spinning its wheels, not really going anywhere. But Jesus is walking out on the water, and they see him. The disciples see him. But they think, they don't know if that's Jesus or if that's a scary ghost. They don't know. So, so um, Peter, the, the very vocal disciple who doesn't have a problem speaking up ever, says, Lord, if it really be you, then why don't you let me step out of the boat and walk on the water with you? And Jesus says, come on out, which is, of course, the Ryan Austin version of the Bible. Jesus says, okay, go ahead, take a step. And here's, here's what I want you to be reminded Peter steps out of the boat, and he walks on water. He does not drown. He does not fall through. He walks on water, and here's the key. Here's what I want you to to put in your mind. As long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he was walking. But then the Bible says there was a moment. There was a moment when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. So I'm going to look at Chad. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, and, and he went, Whoa, there's a lot of waves. Whoa, the wind is strong. Whoa, there is a lot going on. And then he started to sink. Oh, on the ankle. He started to sink. And he was drowning. And then he lifts up his hand and, and Jesus picks him back up. How we, how we can relate this to seek ye first the kingdom of God, often our minds are around the waves. They are around what is going on around us. I don't have any control, man. My boss is 
a difficult boss, and I don't have any control over that. And what am I going to do? <clears throat> My family's going through a tough time. And look, people in this church don't know what's really happening, but here's what's really happening. And, and, and my family's going through a hard time, and, and uh, you know, it's just kind of private family business. And there's a lot of waves going on. And hey, you know what I love about my church, this church, is, is we can lift each other's burdens and we can help each other. But let's be reminded, we all have things going on, you know, going on in our lives. We all have things going on. We all have waves around us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. If your eyes are set on, uh, on the captain of, um, excuse me, on the captain of the ship, I mean, <laughs> there's what it is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the waves, all these things, your job, your family, Look, you can insert what you'd like. You know, this difficulty in my life, this thing that I've been struggling with, this sin that I cannot let go of. I've been in bondage for a long time. All of these things will be added unto you if first you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Getting back to my notes, seeking the kingdom of God gets our eyes off of the waves around us and puts our eyes not only on the captain of the ship, but the one who is controlling the waves. Not only, uh, here's your reminder, not only is Jesus the captain of the ship, but he also controls the waves. The waves are no surprise to him. Your difficulties, your family, your job, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what my future really holds. These things are no surprises, excuse me, these things are no surprise to an all-knowing God, an all-knowing captain of the ship. And all these other things, all these other things that are plaguing us will be added unto us. <coughs> when we set our sights on the Lord, the other things that we do not have control over will be added unto us. When we set our sights on the captain, the waves will become minimal. Again, remember Peter? As long as his eyes were on Jesus, it wasn't that bad of a storm. The waves were really not that tall. Well, yeah, they were. It was crazy. The ship was about to break. Well, I, I mean, I was just focused on Jesus. I, didn't, I guess I didn't really notice the waves. I guess I didn't really notice the wind. Maybe seek ye first the kingdom of God is a reminder of where, you know, where's your vision at? Where is, where are you looking toward? Are you busy looking toward the waves and what's going on around you? Or looking down, in other words, at the things that you cannot control or looking up to the captain. Up to, to, up to Jesus Christ, saying, God, whoo, I have a lot of problems. I cannot do this. But you can, and I need to let go. And letting go is really tough, God. You know, hey, it's, it's great to be honest with God, by the way. You can be honest with him. God, I want you to know it's really tough to let go 
But you said in your word that you would take care of me. You, you gave me some promises. And I'm, I'm going to anchor down on those promises. Giving up control is giving up the thought of being in control. Because honestly, we were never in control in the first place. Verse 31. Therefore, verse 31, Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, take no thought, don't even think, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? What I wrote down is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Jesus says, I don't even want you to think about that. Again, this is Jesus speaking. I don't even want you to think about that. Again, it is a reminder that we have all reliance on God. That, that the all-powerful God, we are, we are supposed to let go in a lot more ways than what we think. And you know, when you read this, what is this? This is basic necessities. This isn't don't take thought into what's for lunch today. And don't take thought into uh, what car am I going to drive? <laughs> what are we going to eat? And what are we going to drink? That's to live, you know? That is basic necessities in order to live. But God says, in all of your basic necessities, not only where am I going to live, what a car am I going to drive, but in all the way down to your basic necessities, I don't even want you to worry about this. All reliance on Him. Another thing that we do, and this is myself included, I'll put some reliance on God, but a lot on myself. It's like, well, I am reliant on God on this part, because I really don't know what's going to happen. But I, I, obviously, I got this covered. I mean, I know enough to have this covered, but this, I mean, this is a difficult situation over here. But God, verse 31, I don't even want you to worry about basic necessities. I don't want you to worry about anything. I want full reliance on the all-powerful, all-knowing God. That's what he says. You know, let me continue uh, an illustration I started. I told you, uh, my grandma Tilly passed away October of 2008. We were at the men's retreat. But in February of that same year, I was sitting next to her in, in a church service. I was in the last, second-to-last pew in the back of the church. It was our missions conference, and Pastor Jody Ellis was preaching. And God convicted me. It was one of those sermons where God was pointing every word to my heart. And I knew that God wanted something. And so I asked God, I was praying, and I asked God a very... <laughs> simple question. I said, God, what do you want? And God said, I want you. And I said, okay, but what do you want though? God said, I want you. And I said, okay, but, and God said, I want to use your life. And I said, oh, okay. So I stand up and I grab my dad and we go to a Sunday school room. I said, dad, spoke with God. I'm being really convicted during this sermon. And God said, he wants me, he wants me, and he wants to use my life. And my dad said, yeah, that's great. And I said, dad, hold on. I'm really afraid. I'm really afraid. Because what if, and then, and then I just kind of went off. 
on my dad. What if God sends me somewhere I really don't want to be there? What if God sends me across the country and then leaves me there? Real fear. This honest, real fear of mine. What if God sends me across the country and then leaves me there? And I just have, don't have any help. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. But, and what if this happens, Dad? What if this happens, Dad? I'm really afraid I didn't say this. I'm really afraid of giving up control. God just asked me for my life. And I'm really scared. I'm really scared. So, uh, my dad had to remind me about who is really in control. My dad had to remind me. So here's what he said. Hebrews 13.5. Hebrews 13.5. For he hath said, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. My dad, verse by verse by verse by verse, and I said, Dad, all right, I think I get the point. And then another verse and another verse, and I said, okay, Dad, I, I think I got it now. My dad had to remind me, don't you know that God can take care of you? Going back to Matthew, don't you know don't you know God can take care of you? And we can be really afraid. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen if I give my life? Man, that was the single best decision I ever did in my life, was giving my life to Christ. And you might say, isn't the single best decision of your life marrying Abby? And I would say, it is only because of God that... I gave my life to Christ and said, God, I'll do anything and go anywhere you want. And through that timeline, I was in church on a Sunday night when Abby and her family walked in. That's what I'm saying. So, look, God will take care of us. We need to be reminded about this. We need to be reminded when we are stressed, when we are anxious, and when we are out of control. When we do not know what the future holds. Be reminded that God will take care of us. That night, uh, it was uh, in February, I believe, I gave my life to Christ. I, I, get, I gave up all control. So I'm, I'm telling you, what I'm really telling you is my testimony. That wasn't the night I got saved, but that was the night God said, Ryan, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to use your life for something greater. And I said, God, I'm really scared, but okay. I spoke to Dad. Dad reminded me of the things that I already said. And Dad and I prayed together and said, God, whatever it is, I will go. And if that's to the Philippines, and if that's to Sioux City, Iowa, and Elk Point, South Dakota, if that's, I'll go, God. Because I was reminded of all those things. So let's come together and, and in conclusion. Let me ask you a few things. What will happen when you die? What will happen? Do you have any control over that? 
Do you have any control over that? What will happen when you die? And, 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 and when you think about that, are you in control over that? What can you do to fix that? Because you might be thinking, I'm trying to lead you on in a thought. What's going to happen if I die? Do I have control over that? No. How can I fix that? How can I fix that I do not have control over that? Well, here. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. And he, di- he just didn't die for any- anything. I think we know the symbol of the cross. But on that cross, God put my sin and your sin on him, on his son, on the lamb, the lamb of God. And because of that, because of that lamb, when God sees my sin today, he sees his son Jesus. Because of that, now knowing that fact, I can then go to heaven with him. Because God cannot be around sin. God, the Holy God, cannot be around sin. But if he sees his son and he doesn't see me, then then I am uh, what is called, um, oh man, uh, I am uh, taken care of. I'm, I'm missing the word, I'm sorry. Justified. I'm justified. So I want you to be thinking of that. I want to ask our pastor to give the invitation during this time. And uh, this week, we are not in control over things, but we're going to give control over to God this week. So I want to ask our pastor to give the invitation at this time. Let's all stand, please. I'm looking for Danny. There he comes. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the the message from your word. A reminder, dear God, of priorities, of putting you first, of a God who's in control. Lord, I believe you've already spoken and you're speaking to hearts right now. And I don't know the need today, dear Lord, upon each person's heart, but Lord, you do. And I pray if there's anybody here not saved, God, that right now you'll help them to call on your name. Lord, and I pray, God, for those many of your people today, God, that you really spoke to their hearts. Help us, dear God, to cede control or at least to cede the illusion of control to you, Lord. And uh, we'll thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name.